why is mine not working? There we go. We're recording. We're live, live and direct. Guys, so we are on our second hot seat, which means that there's a lot of listening and quizzing uh, if anyone wants to join in and ask questions. Now, Emma is in the hot seat today. Um, I had a really good conversation earlier in the gym about why Emma is in the hot seat, because when I was asking people, a lot of people thought it'd be um, James or Danielle or someone that done a photo shoot or anything like that. And we were kind of discussing kind of why I'd asked Emma to do it. But I'm not going to give you that reason now. I will do the conversation and we'll talk about that later. So in our new tradition, the first question will go to uh, Emma from Tam, who was our last hot seat. And the question that Tam would ask is what, uh, sorry, are you ready to commit to a long-term plan or a quick fix? Okay, good, good starting question. No, I think I am, am ready to commit to a long-term plan. Um, I think especially with how mine has gone now, I don't think there is any quick fix for me. Like I can't go on a diet for a, a weekend at work. Um, I know that like for instance if I go out of a weekend I have to spend the next week like it's not mine is always um is it really you because we are sat in rooms yeah James probably you need to put yourself on mute mate I would say it's probably going to interfere yeah go on James yeah I love the fact that you've gone opposite phones sitting in the same room. Anyway, so basically, in case anyone didn't hear that, I can put two and two together. And kind of your situation that you're in and what you not go through as such and grow through is kind of what makes it very difficult to be a short-term fix. So for anyone that doesn't know about Emma, Emma's very brave talking about this um, just because it's not the easiest thing to deal with. So you have polycystic ovary syndrome, also known for me because it's easier to pronounce as PCOS which is a weird way of saying it. So what what is that for people that are listening? And how do you how does it affect you kind of day to day? Try and think before we kind of educated around the food. What did you find out about PCOS? What did you know about it? And how did it affect you? Um, so basically, when I first got it, it was like, and I'd always even from so it started from when I was 16, I had a cyst on my ovaries, mm. which ended up bursting um and kind of went away and then nothing really came of it and then um four years after that so when I was about 20 um my periods were really bad and I was getting like pain that wasn't even period pain point it was like for two weeks solid just constantly there and it was more like it was like an internal pain that would just like it really affected my everyday life um to the point where like I just couldn't and like getting out of bed in the morning was really difficult and I know like periods actually can be that but it was like it was like that but to another level yeah and um so I went to the doctors like and there was also times where I was really like faint um and like just everything was off like my weight was like really going up as well um I was eating like really little so that was obviously also quite concerning. Um, so, yeah, I went to the doctors and after like loads of different tests and stuff. So I started off with one doctor, went to a different doctor, had every test going, as we spoke about earlier. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, all of Sorry, them. Like, um, I'm, I need to put some context on that. I'm giggling and I won't say any names and we won't go into it, but just giggling about another client having to go through some tests and I'm very immature. So that's all I'm giggling for. And I'll leave that with you. Yeah. We'll let you go. Your imaginations go, but yeah. Or everything that you could be tested coming in and out of your body was tested. Yeah. And yeah. And then they said I had PCOS and obviously at 20, yeah. like it was a bit like, you know, I felt like I didn't really understand it at the time, but like my mum was really upset because obviously it, can affect your fertility and um like it is just really it's, a it's lot. just one of those but and there's really not a lot out there about it like the doctors actually even though he did tell me what I had um and I found out I had like a really mild IBS with it like really really mild though um because that's like I think but then I don't even know if it is that now because I think the food thing I've learned more about it since being with you actually yeah um but yeah so it's just basically affects all your hormones um obviously you like I'm trying to think of how to say the glucose thing but I feel like you say it better Travis than I do in terms of the weight spikes and stuff like that yeah we'll come on we'll come on to that in terms so obviously in terms of that then PCOS has obviously had a huge effect so obviously like you say it can affect fertility people around you upset a lack of understanding there's not a lot out there you said Mm -hmm. about obviously gaining weight as well even though eating so little now in terms of when that was happening how how does that feel because in your eyes you're not doing anything wrong right yeah yeah it it got got to the point where so there was a stage before before lockdown that I had lost a load of weight. And I think I was just, I just somehow, I didn't actually know what I was doing. But I was, when I think back to it, I was actually doing high protein, low carbs. Um, and then when it came to lockdown, I obviously, I was baking all the time. We were having nice dinners because that was our enjoyment. It was the only thing we had. Yeah. And, um, really, like, what else was there to do other than eat? And then, like, it came out of it, and I, like, wasn't eating like that. And I was thinking, it just makes you feel like you're out of control of your own body. Like, every day stepping on scales after a day of eating nothing and it being all the way up. And you're thinking, how can what? I work? So almost quite quite helpless, right? Like, there's, yeah. there's not a lot going on. And I know that there is a distinct lack of education. And I think even when I learned about this, I was shocked. So for context... Anyone in here that tries to lose weight, if your maintenance is 2,000, you need to be at around 1,500 to a, between 1,000 and 1,500 calories a day, basically, to lose one to two pounds a week. But that's on someone that's got a maintenance of 2,000. Anyone with PCOS, their maintenance calories can be anywhere between 750 and 1,200. So if you're trying to create a calorie deficit out of a 750 calorie maintenance effectively that person needs to only consume two can only consume 250 calories a day to lose one pound a week like when you think about 250 calories that's one grenade protein bar two scoops of protein powder three eggs maybe maybe four eggs um a chicken breast a steak that's all you can consume unless you create an absolute mountain of output which we try and do but it's also about controlling foods. We know the body's going to react to certain things. So 
yeah, that's some context. So for anyone here that's maybe struggling or thinks, or anyone that listens back, more importantly, because there'll be more of those people that's thinking kind of like, um, you know, what, just just go on a diet. It's just the same thing. If I got you to eat 250 calories a day for the next seven days, there wouldn't be an awful lot of chit-chat out you come the eighth day for sure. Um, so it's really difficult. So we've kind of kind of learned a little bit about that. And that's kind of the first thing that you knew, isn't it? Because you didn't really know that so much, did you, when you first signed up with James? No, no, I actually had like no idea about it. Just and obviously then kind of that gives you a little bit, not reassurance, but you're like, oh, well, I've been doing this for a long time. So but nothing's happening. But then it kind of gives you that permission to to have struggled because now it makes sense to an extent. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so I'm going to bounce back to kind of what the first question I asked. Now we've got that context. In which case, what does exercise mean to you now until when you started? Because if I'm not wrong, you trained with someone before, if it was a friend or not, and you've, and you've trained and stuff before as well. But how does exercise impact you differently now to when you first started this journey, when we started? I think now, for me, it's like, it's just because before I was really, really struggling to go to the gym. I think it's because it was very deflating. Like, I felt I wasn't eating a lot and training really hard. So I felt like, what was the point anymore? What's the point in going to the gym because it's not working? Mm. Uh, now that I have the right tools and I know it works for me, it's that motivation of this works. And if I keep doing this, it will, it, it, I will progress with it. And also it just, it does make me feel better. Like sometimes when I do have, and it, it doesn't happen very often now, like I think my symptoms are really under control, but if I do have days where like, I call it like a PCOS flare up, like actually going to the gym or going on a walk really helps it. And it yeah. always like a little walk, but like sometimes it's really hard to like get yourself to go and do it when you're feeling that way. Yeah. I just know in my mind, I know it helps. So I'm like, that's, I just, my mind, I'm like, that works, go do it. So and that, You kind of got that belief, but also it allows you to almost enable that slightly or midterm thinking where none of us, like not everyone or no one, should I say, wants to get out of bed or go and do stuff when they're feeling rough. But for you, it's particularly important because for you, it does make you feel better. So it's kind of allowed you to tap into that mid midterm mindset because it's not really long term getting up and going. OK. Um, so then. If you didn't know or you kind of felt like it wasn't working and stuff like that. Why did you start with me? Why? Why did you reach out? Kind of you because you said and I think it was kind of like that it doesn't work. There's no point. And I suggest that means you were probably thinking about quitting, giving up, sacking it off. Probably that attitude of I'm just meant to be this way, um, mm. stuff like that. So why did you start? What what position did you get into mentally, physically, socially, whatever, that then went, do you know what? I'm going to give this one last try. Well, do you know what? I think do you know, it was really weird because actually like the Christmas before, and I know we didn't start until October. So that's how long it took me to psych myself up to it. Yeah. But like think you had some sort of December offer and I thought about doing it but I was so embarrassed by where I was at like I was just like I just cannot I can't have anybody know what situation I'm in yeah I hide my body and I will figure it out myself but then I just couldn't figure it out myself it's interesting isn't it it's, it's like yeah. so, like, so I, 
what it, stopped you doing it is what started you doing it. Yeah, basically. Is, yeah, weird. So if you you were kind of ashamed, so that would yeah. mean like unconfident, probably. So like you say, you hide your body. So I'm guessing you're going to work in big hoodies, covering up, stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. Now I'm going to probe here and feel free to use the word pass. Do you think that affected you and James? Yeah. In terms of the way you would cover up or maybe, I don't know, maybe you feel a bit snappy sometimes because you're not feeling yourself. You're feeling a bit grumpy. James, don't say anything. Stay safe. James is laughing. I can see it. But no, but also like James would get really frustrated with me because he was like, because I used to be really, when we first got together, I did not like have the body issues I think I did but I hid them maybe better when we first got together and I think him seeing the decline in my confidence was really hard for him and then that would make me because it would be like somewhat he knows about the fact that I look like this yeah it can kind of put a strain on everything can't it yeah like definitely and it, it shouldn't be shameful but I just I just didn't like I just didn't like that with myself and I felt like I was trying so hard to change it and it the, it was just doing the reverse yeah like I was trying so hard for it to go this way but it was going that way interesting and I think what we know now about learning is so much of that would have come down to stress and I say it to people all the time and there'll be people listening to this obviously not with PCOS and we took and people stress about the scale weight and I'm like stop stressing about the scale weight why because it's going to put the scale weight up like stress is a thing and obviously for you that's even more uh I was gonna say the word prevalent I think that's the right word let's pretend yeah. big words in the locker now um yeah. for you as well like you're stressing about things that I suppose effectively with your knowledge at the time are kind of out of control so if you felt like and the buzzwords then probably are ashamed unconfident embarrassed before you started now I think it's fair to say you're not finished yeah how do you feel now What's the difference? How do you present? Like, what do you feel different in yourself? I actually feel really good at the minute. Mm. Uh, I know I have got more to go. And sometimes I do look and I'll say, oh, I'm really ugly or oh, I'm really fat. James is like, don't say that. And I'm like, oh, no, I, I don't mean that. But like, you know, for instance, New Year's Eve, like I had like, you know, that Zara seat, that um, glittery. You might not know, actually. I'm saying this to you like, you know. Of course, of course. I love that I can hear James on your microphone. I know, it's so loud. Literally. <laughs> oh no. The house is so loud. But I was like, no, I can't wear this. I'm not a girl that can wear this. And then I knew, I was like, do you know what I am? I'm that girl. That's massive. I'm that girl. Like, that that girl massive. energy. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a game changer. <laughs> I know it's so cringe. It's so cringe to say, but I'm like, actually, I do look really good now. I know I've got more to go, but why not enjoy the fact that I'm in such a better place than I was before while I'm working on that next step? Enjoy where you are before looking about where you've got to go. Yeah. And I think that's huge. I think you could say that to everyone in this group, whether they're cutting for a shoot, whether they're bulking in prep for a shoot, whether they're just trying to lose three stone. Mm. And I get, we get a bit preachy in this. And I talk all the time about, and I'll, I'll always reiterate this if someone's coming to me to lose fat I just want you to get on with it because dieting whether it's a nice diet still sucks yeah like, there's still rigidity to it there's still a structure to it there's less free flow to it so get in and get done but actually when you've made good progress 
you're you're through you're on your way like you're smashing it and there's nothing mm. of it so and that's really important that we always encourage now you're absolutely right in terms of the progress you've made i'm going to kind of leave those numbers out what comes from at the end um mm. in terms of the the changes there's quite clearly a change in the mental side of in the physical side what about like dealing with PCOS or energy, like your day-to-day, how you feel and your has, has that changed? Yeah, 100%, 100% has. And that's the thing that I was in like a bit of a hole with it. And I knew, like, the thing is now, I know that actually making sure I get up and do my steps and stuff. Like if I have a few days where I don't get up in the morning and do my steps, I just feel like a slug. Like I know that actually it's like that, gives me energy for the day but it's sometimes it is just like oh, I just can't be bothered today at all if I've got the symptoms but I just have to make sure I get up and do it it's yeah. like it's non-negotiable I mean I know I don't always meet it but five out of seven days I yeah. will 80 percent but yeah. and also because you do it you're more inclined to do it as well because you create mm-hmm. habits like I guess the question is, is if you're better at doing that now, five out of seven days, do you find that you suffer less frequently? Yeah, 100 percent. I haven't. I've had since I started, since I got everything under control and started with you. I think I've had it once and it was really random. I think I mentioned it to you at the time and I said, I really don't know why, Mm. because I've been really good recently. So sometimes it can just pop up when I have been really good, but. I, but it was nowhere near as bad as what it was. Like there were times when it was like, like bent over in pain, had to have a hot water bottle on me at all times, like painkillers throughout the day. Mm. Just really intense. Yeah. What of the changes that you've made? So obviously we always, we look at food, we look at training, we look at movement, we look at sleep, stress and all those things. Where do you think the most important changes in your routine have been? Like what, what changes do you not appreciate but what changes do you think have made the biggest difference to yourself the lifestyle the training kind of I think hmm, I kind of want to say all of it so I want to say lifestyle like I think I'm just thinking thinking of my answer here no I think lifestyle I've gotten into a bit of like a thing of not really doing anything um going out too much at the weekends now I'm like I enjoy not going out and like just spending time on myself a bit more um saying no to things again like I again slipped into bad habits of never being able to say no to a night out Mm. never being able to say no to anything basically but and it was always that like cost to me like I'd be busy and I wouldn't want to actually go but I'd be going just because I couldn't say no just because kind of maybe a little bit of FOMO as well like maybe Uh, maybe just holding like a little bit less value in in what you want and what you need so yeah and I think that's massive because I don't know if we always realize how saying no to people helps us individually I was talking to a client who's not on tonight earlier today we had a call and he was saying about kind of he started this journey and he's doing really well but he kind of feels like he's juggling so much of trying to keep people happy. And it's mm-hmm. like actually keeping ourselves happy is the only way to keep anyone else happy in the long term anyway. Like if you put all your time into everyone else and not yourself, you'll just run yourself down into the ground. And particularly for someone with you with like PCOS, like 
that's kind of where you get your flare ups. That's where you get your stressors. That's where you get your well, your struggles, basically. Um, so that's really important as well. Um, so we've spoken about kind of the changes that you've had. But what challenges or obstacles have you faced during this time? How long have we been together? Did you say September? Yeah, it's September, isn't it? August. August. I'm taking okay. a month off. August. How, what challenges have you faced kind of since then? And, and how have you kind of overcome them or what have they been, if anything? Um, I think the nutrition probably has been my biggest one. And I still am a person that, like, don't get me wrong, saying I say no to things. I'm still... Like, haha, I'm not like this person that loves the gym and is like a gym personality sort of girl. I have started to become that actually more recently. I found myself like talking to people at work about like different protein stuff. And I think <laughs> oh, I'm that girl now that talks about protein. But, <laughs> you know, I'm still also that girl that actually, like, I'm way more of a social person than I am like if it was between me going out with my friends on a Saturday night going to the gym you're picking the friends every time yeah but do you think do you think that's necessarily hindered your journey yeah you think it's hindered your journey yeah in some ways because like sometimes like especially for me in the spikes of weight I'm like but then I'm like it's so conflicting because yeah I just stay in for the next year and have come come out and have this really great body no a year is quite a long time and probably not going to suggest hibernation for a year. But I don't yeah. know if it does hinder your journey. When we talk about goals and stuff like that, I think that you would probably feel a lot worse kind of in yourself if you had restricted that. Because I think what happens when we over-restrict is we obviously over-consume or we binge. But at mm. least when you're going out with your friends or stuff, there's value in that yeah it's a social situation it's a friend we rely on communication we rely on community as as humans so mm-hmm. i don't know if it does hinder your journey no it that's slow the scale weight or it might slow what you want to look like because of obviously how hard you have it in terms of those things but in terms of hindering your journey we were speaking about this you're in you're in for the long haul now you said earlier and the first question to tam was you think yeah. you're ready to commit to the long haul. But I think long term, if you do, if you don't commit to the long term, you will end up That's true. stagnant That's or true. back where you started. So I don't think you committed to that question well enough. I think you are in for the long term plan, because I think if you weren't, you probably would have got fed up a bit already. Because yeah. the reason that we spoke about getting you on this hot seat tonight is because you are the perfect representation of someone who works as hard as any photo shoot client I've ever had. Only someone said to you and your body that it's not going to show the rewards that you would like in that sense. Mm. So you are on and have been on the biggest calorie deficit out of anyone that's done a photo shoot. You've put in the work, you've had the ups and downs, you've, you've had the days of very, very low carbs. So for context, and Harry was moaning about this earlier, in tongue in cheek, he was moaning mm. about his 50 carbs on a rest day. I don't know many times in your life you've been allowed more than 50 grams of carbs since being here because that's how your body works. Mm. When we're sitting here thinking, oh, this person did a photo shoot. James is awesome. He's done a photo shoot. Tam's awesome. He's done a photo shoot. You know, all of those things. Yes, they are. But actually, you've worked just as hard. And sometimes you don't get that recognition Mm. from anyone. Probably the people around you. I suspect you did the same journey as James. 
and James did a photo shoot and you're sat there going, bro, like I've done more, cal- I've had a bigger calorie deficit the whole time. I've worked yeah. harder, but his body and his job means yeah, that he I gets think the reward. That's why I don't, that's like, you know, like I said to you earlier, like I don't really know what I'm bringing to the group here um, because that, yeah, I, I think because I don't see these massive, I know it's a long thing and I am really happy with how it goes and I know it's like a steady progress. But yeah, like you said, when James first did the cut, I had lost like 10 kilograms and I don't think anyone noticed of our friends or family because it was all, and this is not negative about James. Don't no, get me no, wrong. Not, but not, I was a bit like, no, anyone it's, Yeah, it's not at all about James, but I think that's a really, a really real reason as to why people drop yeah. out. But then we also have to look and say, you didn't know this. So also your friends don't know this yeah. because you're the one living with it. So obviously it's not a negative towards James at all. And I'm pretty sure most of the time, except for when he's stolen your food for his own meal prep, he's been supportive and vice versa. But this is yeah. exactly what you bring to the table is actually you're showing that sometimes it isn't the glamorous Instagram. And I know I'm probably guilty of that in terms of posting these photo shoots constantly and talking about it, but it really is about the challenge. It's really about going and, and grafting that hard. Actually, you've been doing it for September, October, November, December, January, and August. You've been doing it for six months. It's but you're, you're if resulted. anyone wants cut help, come to me. Yeah, exactly. This is a <laughs> pro. But yeah, I mean, like you say, you've lost ten kilos. Now, again, ten kilos is let's say it's twenty-two pounds. So twenty-two pounds would be the equivalent. Go on. I don't actually understand kilograms, to be honest. So I really don't know what my weight is. So you're, it, so one kilo is 2.2 pounds. I can give you that. Let's do this. So you have lost. I don't like to know, actually. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I do. No, because it's really cool. When I thought 22 pounds, I was like, who? So you've gone 93. So you've done 10 kilos, basically. 10 kilos is 22 pounds. So it's a stone. Oh, when I started, you put me on 93, but I was 94. So yeah, 10 kilos. There you go. Fine. So yeah. 21 pounds, which would be the equivalent of 73,500 calories of a deficit you've created. Now, when I told you at the start of this call that your mm. maintenance, let's say, is at 1,000, for you to have lost the weight you've lost, that means that you will have, on average, only consumed 500 calories per day. Obviously, mm. you've, you've yeah. exercised and burnt your calories and built your calories. But yeah, 73,500 calories from someone that only gets 1,000 a day. In, in the weeks that you've done... That is a phenomenal achievement. That There's is cool. Like a like phenomenal that. achievement. So what you bring to the table is work ethic without reward. And although you get like you get praise from me, you praise yourself sometimes, James will support you. What you bring to the table is it is sometimes a long game. There mm-hmm. are people in this group that will benefit from that attitude. There are people that will benefit and realise that weight loss isn't always rapid, but realise that marketing will always be about people that have transformed incredibly. Like, for mm. example, the other day posting Luke. Luke's transformation is incredible. Mm. All he's done is the same as you. He's ticked the boxes. Yeah. Ticked boxes. So it's about realising what you bring to the table, as well as in the chat and stuff like that, and being supportive and keeping James alive. Like, your journey is massive. And I think what people need to be listening to this, and it's a shame there's not more to hear this, because everyone will glamorise, again, like Tam's last one, probably compared to this but there's perspective you 
you work just as hard, like if not harder in terms of the physiological side. But unfortunately, we don't necessarily get the psychological reward of people noticing, particularly when you've gone through it as someone that did go through a shoot prep. So that's kind of why I wanted to get you on is to realize that some people will work really hard and bodies do work differently. There is no magic formula. And sometimes people want it a bit quicker, maybe. But if we actually got them to go quicker and looked at their maintenance and kept dropping, they'd very quickly not want to go quicker. Mm. So like I say, your progress is unbelievable. 10 kilos in that time. If you went onto like a forum of Facebook, there wouldn't be too many people that have done that. Um, So that's kind of why I wanted you on, really. So I'm going to leave you the opportunity. I I know we're talking about me right now, but I'm like, this is pretty like, I don't like complimenting myself. No, well, you don't need to. I'll do it for you today. Not again, <laughs> but it's all done now. Just play it back if you want to hear them again. Okay. Um, but I'm going to leave you with the last job of the day. Is if the next person in the hot seat who you don't know who it is, what question would you ask them? Okay. I should have thought about this, shouldn't I? Should have thought about this. Should have thought about this. Um, my question is going to be. If okay, this oh, I don't know if this is going to benefit the group though. It might do. If you could give a person just starting their fitness journey just one tip, what would the one tip be? Is that good? I think that's good. I think that helps everyone. Yeah. Okay. Well, your one, your key tip. My, the one key tip. The only if you could only give one, that's the key here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Right. Well, we will put that on the next hot seat. Guys, for you that are in here, the live calls are going to go to eight o'clock every week flat. There's a better turnout and no one that is on the eight o'clock or the 7.15 has changed. Everyone's oh, the same room. They're back together. Um, so, yeah, so I'm going to be doing that. So it'll be moving to eight o'clock from next week. There'll be a recurring event in the Facebook. And yeah, I'm going to hit stop on record. Maybe.